Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith, Kennedy, Hamble out to Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Goal. Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the centre square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's oh. kicked the goal from inside the centre. Yes, g'day guys. Welcome to the SC Playbook AFL podcast for round 11 of the AFL season. Proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. My name is Eddie. As always, I'm going to be in charge of this ragtag bunch of Supercoach legends today. And joining me are a couple of the best. He's a little bit sniffly today, actually. So apologies for any uh, gross sounding sounds that come through from Charlie's end. Charlie, how are you on this fine Monday afternoon? Uh, I'm all right, thanks, Eddie. Yeah, it's uh, another poor, poor weekend for elite dads, um, but you keep going onwards and upwards. Indeed, and joining me on the right of my podcast style, as always, the ever-present, effervescent uh, Stevie Nico, coach of Lovsky FC, overall runner-up in 2021. Nico, how are you travelling? You've just told me before you've been building some cots today. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting my uh, Allen Key. Uh... Uh, a workout um no yeah doing pretty well mate thanks for the intro very nice words <laughs> um but yeah good good to chat um with you boys again yeah fantastic well let's get straight into it um it was another big week of Supercoach. the score there were scores out there to be had um but it was a few of the unique boys that did some of the damage so i wouldn't be surprised to hear if a few low scores floating around the place charlie how did you track uh over the weekend yeah, uh, got pretty close to the uh, top team of the week. I think it was only about 500 points off. So, um, <laughs> yeah, 2254 and moved down Ooh. 2,800 spots to 21,169. Um, so, yeah, I just I, I keep on looking back to my previous weeks, and I think I'm about four weeks ago I was 5,000. So <laughs> it's uh, It can all change very quickly, can't it? Yeah. Um, how, about, how about you, Nico? You were on track for a massive score for most of the week. Um, I was sort of tracking you on the side there, hoping to get over the top of you at the end on Sunday, which I did. But how did you go? <laughs> uh, I got 2,407. Um, so another rank, sorry about that, um, another rank um, increase of um, 2,775. So up to um, 11,049. So, yeah, I had a little bit of a... Um, a joke in our in our thread that the only time I've beat Eddie this year is when he doubled downgraded and <laughs> and then chose not to read the scores out that week on the pod. But <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm trying to beat you, but you, you just seem to have the ace up your sleeve every week. Well, speaking of that ace up my sleeve, um, two four three seven for me ranked uh, five thousand eight hundred for the round up to nine hundred eightieth overall, which yeah couldn't really ask for much more out of the week. Um, there are a couple down uh sort of down moments which we'll get to in a little bit but overall very very positive um happy with where the team's standing plenty of room to move buy structures okay which we'll talk about later as well um i'm going to change this next segment up a little bit just because uh we're starting to get out of that that vein of having too many rookies on fields it doesn't really make sense to the rookie hero and villain instead we're going to go i want you boys to tell me what your wins for the week were and what your losses for the week were what decisions you made that went well what went poorly charlie i'm going to throw it to you straight off the bat what went well for you over the last weekend? Well, I think, um, especially over the last two weekends, bringing in Jordan Dawson has been a um, bit of a revelation in my back line. He's gone 107 and 130 um, since I brought him in, and over the year he hasn't dropped below 90. So he's been awesome. Um, Clayton Oliver bouncing back from, you know, a bit of a subpar 102. He scored 178. Um, Will Brody, obviously, like he needs no introduction. He's been on fire. Um, Zach Butters turning back the clock a little bit to the start of the season. He's been great. Um, and then, yeah, Durden and, and Rioli at a F5 and F6 for me. It's not a traditional F5 and F6, but it's working. It's not one that the big boys would be rocking with. I can assure you that. But I, I, I can't believe you played Rioli on field after his seven. <laughs> that's that's I ballsy. Think, I don't think you had any other options, unfortunately. No, I didn't. It was him or Curtis. So. Oh, no. um, what about you, Nico? What went well for you? Yeah, so I had Clary VC, so that was um that was a big win, um, and I also traded Sicily in, so I'm um, yeah another 120. Um, he's scoring really really well, and he might potentially be out of range for a lot of coaches now, and, and they might not be able to pick him up unless he has a poor game. Um, for are we going to go straight to the losses or yeah, give me yeah. what your losses were. So the big one, I did get Sicily in, but. I traded Cogs to do that. Oh, Nico. <laughs> so if I had of 
if I had a sold Martin instead, um, you know, I'd be plus a hundred, and I'd be yeah, I'd be getting twenty five hundred. So, look, that's a loss. But to be honest, playing the break evens, I'd trade out Cogs a hundred out of a hundred last week. So, um, it just you know, guys got lucky holding Cogs, and we'll, we'll touch on it a bit more later. Um, also traded SDK. A tad early, so he's come out and he's put out another good score. So he's um his cash gen's gonna keep trickling up, but um look, it did get me Sicily, so yeah. Um, but I'm still putting it in the losses column. Took very disappointing. Um, not even sure what happened there. I didn't watch the game, but not even sure that he was tagged. So um and I decided to play Greg Clark over over Morris Rioli and lost about twelve points there. So when I could have looped him on the field, so. Yeah, a few losses. Not too bad. Um, my wins for the week, uh, Cogs was a big win. Um, Butters was a big win. Dylan Moore had a 70-point second half, put up his first ton for my team after a couple of really, really poor weeks. But the big win was uh, captaining Jared Witts. He was mm. on 60 at three-corner time. I was feeling pretty horrible about it. Jack McRae was flying. I left my phone, didn't check my phone for about an hour, came back online, saw Wits had chalked up 131 by the end of the game. So I think from purely from memory, it had about a 71-point uh, last quarter and McRae stood still for the whole last term. So that ended up being a, a really lucky pick there. That hasn't been uncommon for McRae this year. Like the last quarter, he just seems to be pushed forward or something. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's, um, it's happened to me a couple of times with his VC and then again on the weekend, so... Yeah, maybe something to think about when you want to put the VC on him. There's a big, yeah, that dog's midfield structure is interesting. I can't seem to put a finger on what's actually going on in there. Um, we will talk about that a little bit later as well. I reckon um, Wits might have got 30 points of scaling too, something ridiculous. Yeah, I, yeah. I think he did. Uh, my losses of the week, not going Oliver captain. Um, and I had three choices to make with rookies uh, as to who to field. I went with Dacos, Greg Clark, and Nick Martin. But going with Paddy McCartan, um, Ben Hobbs, and uh, Morris Rioli would have got me an extra 60 points. So basically made the wrong call on each of the three rookies that I had to field. Uh, but that's easy to say in retrospect. I think all of them looked like the right call at the time. So yep. not too unhappy about that one. Um, Charlie, what was your big loss for the week? Yeah, like Nico, um, probably trading out Coniglio. As painful as it was seeing him score a 140, I, I kind of agree. Like, I, yeah, I'd, I'd still make that trade 10 times out of 10, I think. You at the start of the year you brought him in because he was so underpriced and he he shot up he made his money his break even was ridiculously high and he's brought it back a little bit but he did his job for me and yeah it was annoying but I'd still do it very good um, now boys the SC Playbook podcast is brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. The boys are experts in all types of home, commercial and car loans. So whether you're a local or living interstate and looking to purchase your first ever home or chase the lowest rate for your refinance, give them a call on 9521-1611 today and mention SC Playbook for your free tailored expert advice session. We've got a lot to get through in terms of the big topics this week, boys. The first one uh, is probably more relevant for next week, but it's uh, it's probably the time to start thinking about it. It's the DPP changes. Um, as we know, after round 11, uh, we're going to be getting a huge chunk of players that are adding positions. Uh, no one removes positions. It's only adding, which is handy. Um, so I sent you through a few of the proposed uh, changes earlier today. Nico, what did you make of what that article said about which players are going to be gaining forward back mid eligibility? Yeah, so for me, I'm only really factoring in the forwards. Um, so I think that is going to be a a huge plus uh, for people who have a couple of forward spots available to upgrade to the likes of Bontempelli and Bailey Smith um, really jump off the page with regards to the other guys. Look, it's going to be good for flexibility, but if they get defensive or mid status, really, I'm not really that interested. Um, Especially it's not going to influence me in making a trade decision. Um, So the only way I'm going to be influenced in making a trade decision is looking at who gets forward status and pretty much, um, all roads lead to Bontempelli and Bailey Smith in that case. Agreed. So there's those two are the key. They're going to be the key changes. Um, I think based from what I have read and seen over the weekend, Bontempelli is just about a lock to get forward. Um, just purely from watching the game, he spent a lot of time up forward. Um, the stats reflect that his heat map is a lot of time forward. He kicked three goals. Um, it makes sense to have him as a forward. It passes the sniff test, so to speak. Um, Bailey Smith, I'm not so sure on. Nico, did you, did you have any idea about whether he is actually going to end up getting that DPP status? Yeah, so I think he's likely, but he's definitely not a lock. So I think I read something from Fantasy Freako that if Bont played 100% midfield this coming round, 
he'd be like 0.1 off. So he just has to play that little bit forward to to get it. I'm not sure what it was for Bailey Smith, but yeah, look, I think I think if you're trading in this week, um, Bond's probably the, the safer option. Um, however, Baz has got the lowest break even, and you might be struggling for a bit of cash. So yeah, yeah. it's a plus benefit analysis. I think the benefit of getting Bailey Smith in um, probably outweighs the uh, the small risk of him not getting forward status. He's still going to be a top 15, top 20 mid, even if he doesn't get forward status. And like you say, that that break even, he could rise, you know, 30, 40K and suddenly cost yourself a serious chunk of money. Charlie, was there anyone else uh, in that list of players that, that caught your eye that you want to you wanna see come into your team in the next couple of weeks? I was a bit enticed by Travis Bogue. I, I don't think he'll get it. I don't think it's likely, but he's a chance. I think he was at 29% maybe, but in the last three games, he's... He spent forty nine percent in the forward line, so you know it's it's a possibility, but um, I definitely wouldn't count on it. He he would be a great addition to the forward line, though. He's already put up some monster scores this year, and I had some doubts over his longevity, but um, you know he's a seasoned veteran. He should be able to play out the rest of the year. Um, yeah, I'm not really um, interested with anyone gaining midfield status. Um, Jaden Short's an interesting one. Again, he probably won't get it, but um, there's always that possibility for what is it? Is it round seventeen when they next, or round eighteen when they next get it? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. He could he could get it then, and and that might be handy for um, you know switching up and down. What about Max Gorn, Nico? Uh, he's been causing you probably a few headaches in the ruck department. He's a chance to get forward status. Would there be anything in you that would consider switching him forward and bringing in a Jared Witts in the in the ruck department? Yeah, but it won't happen. So yeah, Gorn's not going to get forward status. Um, I think he's um, he's too far away um, from it. Um, so yeah, look in a, in an ideal world, yeah. But once again, Wits is probably what six hundred k, and he's the R one. Um, I, I just wouldn't be able to afford to do that. Um, so I just I'm not in a position to to be throwing cash around. I did last week to bring Sicily in at pretty much the you know, top a top echelon of, of price for a defender, especially. Um, so yeah, I, I just think it's going to be hard to make those moves unless you've got bulk money sitting there in the bank ready to go. There are a couple of sort of lesser names that are going to get um, extra statuses, which uh, while they might not be the headliners, they are going to be really, really handy for flexibility. Um, I'm specifically referring to Ben Hobbs, who's going to gain forward status, which is going to be really, really handy for my team. Um, surprisingly handy, given I've I've traded out most of my sort of loop, my linkings between forward and mids. The other one is Robbie McComb, uh, who is going to gain forward status as well. That's going to be very handy for his owners. And Darcy Cameron, the other one, uh, I can't believe he wasn't named a ruck initially, but he's going to gain ruck status as well. So those coaches who jumped on Darcy Cameron a month ago have got another uh, big surprise coming their way. He's been just fantastic for them. So um, that makes him an attractive prospect too. Nico, have you got any rookies that are, are going to gain that uh, any of those statuses and is that going to help you out in any in any way? I'd really not talk about – I'd rather not talk about my rookies to be honest. <laughs> it's, it, look, it's very slim pickings. Um, yeah, I don't I – don't, no, I don't think so. No, not, not in my team anyway. Those guys that you mentioned – um, guys who've got Hobbs and McComb, you guys are, are doing well there because you've got cash gen on the pine and you're getting that DPP flex as well. Um, brilliant for you guys. But yeah, look, unfortunately, I'm in a bit of a, a bit of a bother with um, with my bench players at the moment. Charlie, any further thoughts on the DPP stuff before we move to the next round? How much stock are you putting in these DPP guys? Are you looking to trade in a Bont or a Bailey Smith this week to get ahead of the curve? Um, I'm super interested in Bont. Um... But I I won't trade him in this week, and we'll get to that later on. I I just I don't I don't like trading in players just before they buy. I just I don't see a point in it. Even if it helps you buy structure overall. Well, I mean, like the reality is he's going to miss a game, so you're bringing him in for the rest of the season. But he's going to miss one in in a, a couple of weeks anyway. So is everyone else though? Yeah, so is exactly. every other player? I know, but I just I mean I'm at a position where I've only got. 16 trades left or 17 trades left. I just, I don't really want to waste one for a player that's going to miss anyway. Well, that's a nice little segue into our next big segment of the week, big topic of the week, which is buy planning. Nico, you are all over your buy planning, have been since the start of the season. Where are you placed come round 11 and what do you need to do to get into a prime position prior to round 12? Yeah, so look, I reckon I'm 
pretty much in a in a good position at the moment. So round twelve, I'm going to have nineteen players playing. I'd probably like that to be maybe twenty. Yeah. Um, but I've got twelve premiums on field, so that's good. Round thirteen, I've got eighteen playing. Once again, I've got twelve premiums on field, and I think that's going to be a tricky round for a lot of people. That yeah. round thirteen, I think a lot of people have have traded in, you know, these dogs players or um all these Adelaide players, and you know. Yeah. Potentially, they, they might be in a spot of bother there and have to trade themselves out of a little bit of trouble. Um, and round 14, I've got 18 playing at the moment, which could be less, uh, and 10 premiums on field there as well. So I've got a I've got a pretty good even spread there, um, especially with premium numbers. So I'm pretty pretty much looking forward to some, some consistent scoring over the buys. Uh, I'm in a very similar spot to you, actually, Nico. I'm uh, feeling pretty uncomfortable about uh, round 13. Um, but do still have 12 primos, depending on what you think about Cunilio and Butters. Um, round 12, uh, like you say, 19 at the moment, would love to get it to 20. Don't think it's going to happen. Um, and then round 14, I've got 20 playing. So if I was to make any moves in the coming, uh, in next week or this week, uh, hopefully it would be to trade out someone with the uh, with who's playing in round 20 and bring in someone who's playing in round 12, ideally. Uh, so that, I think, is, is probably a pretty good spot to be in. Um, obviously depends a lot on rookies playing like I've got the likes of Ben Hobbs and Jack Carroll and Paul Curtis who may lose their spots in the coming weeks which is a bit of a worry uh, but yeah it feels good overall yeah just really important point when you're doing your structure planning and all that kind of stuff just make sure you're not counting the dead rookies or expecting them to like yeah. you know rise from from the, from the ashes so guys like um, Owens I'm talking about and, and Skinner who I've got I'm not including them in my tally um, it'd be silly to do so because it's just not going to be realistic when, when it comes to match day. Um, and if you are going to be trading rookies in, make sure that they've got decent job security, at least for the um, very short period. What about you, Charlie? How are you placed? Not placed actually too badly. I've got 20 in round 12, which I'm pretty happy about. Um, 17 in round 13, mm. which isn't too bad. I, you know, I can target maybe a Zach Merritt potentially um coming off his round 12 buy i don't mind that he's pretty low in price um and then i've got 19 and round 14 so not the worst and especially you know i haven't been putting in too much thought about it over the season so yeah surprisingly it's a bit of a surprise actually to see that you know it's not not all bad (laughs) (laughs) um in terms of what moves you guys are going to make over the coming weeks i think this is it, it really sharpens your focus on making sure your buy structure is okay. Um, for example, we're going to discuss trades a little bit later, but for me this week, um, there's an option to trade out Nick Dacos or Sam DeConing. Um, they're basically, even in my books, I know DeConing's got a bit more cash to make, but when it comes to buy structure, uh, trading DeConing rather than Dacos would give me an extra body in round 13 because Nick Dacos is playing in round 13, mm-hmm. uh, whereas otherwise it leaves you short. So that's an example of a sort of decision you might want to weigh up over the next com- over the coming weeks, just to make sure that you're not leaving yourself with 16 in round 13, for example. Um, Nico, are you what are you planning over the next couple of weeks when it comes to buyers, or are you gonna are you gonna sit fat and just trust the structure you've got at the moment? I think I'll trust yeah my planning so far. Um, however, I mean if you've got 16 playing in round 14, I reckon that's probably ideal because you're going to be bringing in players you know from round 12 and 13 anyway yeah. to, to top up. So. That's kind of like what I would normally do. Um, I just, for some reason, you know, I've got 18 playing that round. So potentially, you know, I'm, I might even go early on a on a day cost or something and, and trade him out to someone who's got, you know, the round 13 buy or something like that or the round 12. But yeah, we'll see. But yeah, I don't think anything drastic at this stage. I'm a little bit worried about round 13 still. Um, the 18 players worries me uh, because, yeah, McCartan to Doherty after round 12 is sort of what I'm, I'm thinking at this stage. You get rid of McCartan, um, bring in Doherty after his buy, and that gives you another body. Um, it's just something to weigh up over these coming weeks. As you say, Nick, it's not worth panicking about uh, because you can make moves during the buys. We've got three trades a week during the buys, so if anything does go drastically wrong, you've got time to fix it and hopefully trades to fix it. Um, but it is one to keep an eye on over the, over the next week uh, especially. Now, this again flows on from this previous topic. Nico, one thing we're going to need over buyers is cash, uh, which means you're going to need to be downgrading. And there are, surprisingly, a couple of decent downgrades this week. What do you think of the crop we've got, which includes Luke Cleary, Cooper Stevens, Joel Jeffrey, and Riley West kind of out of nowhere as a rookie option? Yeah, Luke, Luke Cleary is a good a good option. Um, he seems to have a, a really solid role there. And um, look, it's another dogs player, but... Um... So look, so be it. Um, I think he's probably the number one trading option. Cooper Stevens, 
only came into the side with a couple of late changes um, on the weekend just gone. So I think job security for him is a little bit too shaky. Um, so I'll probably stay away from him. Joel Jeffries, interesting. Um, I don't know if you're a little bit short and you've got a boost or something, maybe you want to, you know, switch a Rosas to him or something like that just to get, you know, 70K or something. Um, I don't mind potentially doing that. Um, and Riley West, I think he's probably just a little bit too expensive to to bring in as a as a downgrade rookie option. I don't think you're going to be making enough enough money to upgrade elsewhere, um, being priced at 187K. Charlie, are you downgrading this week? I am. I'll uh, I'll definitely be bringing Luke Clearer. I think he's the best by a long long way out of that out of that group. And I've, I've ranked them. I've gone Cleary one, Stevens second, Jeffrey third, and Riley West fourth. And I just think Riley West and Jeffrey. Um, first of all, Riley West job security. I don't. I'm not sold on that. I think he could easily just be in and out of the team as a little pocket rocket and. Um, yeah, Joel Jeffrey definitely looks like he could be susceptible to a, a 20. I think he would heavily rely on goals, as he did on the weekend. I think he kicked four, five. five yeah. Oh, so wow, that, I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah five straight. Yeah, so I, I just don't think they're sustainable picks. Luke Cleary's an interesting one. Um, I watched probably about three quarters of the Gold Coast Western Bulldogs game over the weekend. He looks super composed. Um, in traffic, he's good. As you said, Nico, he's got a really handy role. I mean, it's not like he's a lockdown defender. He's... He's a mid-sized defender. He does some rebounding. Um, he's really smooth with ball in hand. Uh, he looks—he just looks like an AFL footballer to me. He passes the eye test, uh, which you can't say about all all rookie options that come along. He looks like he he can come in and play sort of at least that five to six rounds that we need him to. Um, is he a lock to come into your side this week as well? Yeah, yeah, he is. I just—I don't know how I'm going to do it. It might just be that I have to use a boost to get rid of Skinner and go to him. Um, just because then I've got a warm body instead of carrying uh, a dead rookie. So I think I'll probably just have to do do that. I tried last night, you know, I stayed up and watched the um, the FBL. Uh, yeah, the EPL, sorry, for, for FBL purposes. <laughs> um, and yeah, I was flicking around on, on my mobile trying to like get, you know, Dacos into my mids and do all that kind of stuff. And it just ended up having like Dacos on the pine and stuff like that. Just not feasible. So I think I'm just going to have to bite the bullet and get rid of Skinner and, and bring him in. Using a boost to do so? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Yeah. Because well, I, still I, wanna, I still want to be able to upgrade my team. So yeah, go go one up, one down around that. I like it. Um, the next big topic that we've got to get to today is probably not going to be the most enjoyable big topic for you two, considering you both traded him out. Uh, but we're going to talk about Cornelio and Butters because they were both a really big topic of discussion on Twitter and in podcasts such as this over the last week or so. A lot of people looking to trade out one or the other or both. Uh, Nico, did you happen to catch either of the GWS game or the Port Geelong game? No, look, I, I was on the road a lot this weekend. So um, up in New South Wales and yeah, um, didn't watch a lot of footy, unfortunately. But I did see that Cogs had a very slow start and, um, and Charlie may have gone the early crow and then have a look at this and I was like oh I sort of shouldn't have done it but I checked the scores and I was like oh because it could have gone either way I was kind of like oh is he on 50 after after 10 minutes or is he on zero and he was on zero um, but unfortunately that backfired um look I mean Cogs yeah look back in the middle um you know obviously it was expected however you know it's not like he hasn't been there before and, and yeah. in round one he had 20 CBAs and, and scored 80 in round two he had 16 CBAs and he scored 99 but he he kicked two goals. So he had 22 CBAs on the weekend. I think it was just his efficiency at 92%. Got a lot of contested ball. Yeah. Um, I think that's what really boosted his score to 140. And I think what everyone seems to have forgotten, he's playing the waffle team. So um, I think we'll get a, a good test of, you know, where he's at um, this week coming. I think they're playing the Ds. So, yeah, I just wouldn't be expecting scores around that sort of 140 mark um, for him. I think that there were, there are a couple of major differences from Cogs um, from previous weeks, and like you say, Nico, take all of this with a grain of salt because he was playing one of the maybe one of the worst teams in history. I saw today that there there have only been sort of six teams in the AFL VFL era to not score five hundred points through the first ten rounds, and West Coast are one of them. Wow. So they are an abysmal team. But um, the things that I like to see from Cogs won sixty percent of his touches in the defensive half, which tells me that he's pushing back. He's getting a bit of that mm-hmm. cheap ball in the back half. He was up. 14 contested possessions, up from an average of eight so far this year, which tells me either he's around the ball more or he's getting in under a bit more. Or he's hungrier, um, yep. Yeah, a bit hungrier. 
And the last one, which is a big one, is he had seven, he had seven clearances on the weekend up from a season average of four clearances. So whatever happened during the week, whether it was the coaching change, whether it was a role change, whether he's just decided he's going to put in a bit more effort, something changed, um, which was kind of what I was hoping for. Again, massive grain of salt. Charlie, where after after your early crow about Cogs and then having to sit through him put up 140 Supercoach points after <laughs> you sent that message, how are you feeling about that trade a week later? Um. Yeah, as I, I mean, as I said before, I was I, I was always going to play a break even game with Cogs. I wasn't picking him for you know purely his scoring. It was mainly just a, you know for him to make money. It was disappointing though, um, and I cursed myself after I sent that text because I should have known. I've I've had many instances like that this year, um, but no, like he looked great. Um, I'm not denying that he looked looked like a midfielder. He was a key part of of that midfield, him and Kelly and um, even Perryman had yeah. 18 CBAs or something, or, you know. So um, it was good to watch from a neutral standpoint, not from a super coach standpoint, but it's also interesting to see how this correlates to Whitfield coming back in, whether Whitfield goes back to his halfback wing role and, you know, if it, if it is a coaching change, maybe we see, um, yeah, Whitfield returning to his, his 110 scoring. The other thing to note is Lockie Ash and Tim Taranto are both out as well, which obviously has an impact. I've just seen uh, on Twitter, Marrera's Magic has just put up uh, center, the center bounce attendance movements. Canelio attended 59% of center bounces, up 36% from the week before. Um, so something's happened. I don't know what it is. I'm putting some cautious faith in it. Um, hopefully it sustains moving forward. The other one is Zach Butters. Um, that he's he's had a we've we've all sort of we've talked about him every podcast this year. I don't think there's been a podcast we haven't mentioned Zach Butters. Um, <laughs> but on the weekend, he he had kind of a weird role. His heat map was seventy four percent in the defensive half of the ground, which is um, sort of the opposite to what it normally is. Um, and he went at eighty percent, eighty eight percent disposal efficiency, which is a nice uptick from Nico. You and I have been on it all year that he loves to burn the ball. He loves a good turnover. Um, did you see anything out of Butters' game that gives you cause to think that he might be one of a, a keeper going forward? Or is it still looking likely that he's more of a trade-up option at some point? Um, I think it's still borderline. Um, I mean, he had 10 CBAs. Once again, yeah, he's just used the ball really well. Same with same with Cogs. He had 88% um, disposal efficiency. So, it's hard to tell. I don't think his role has changed or anything like that. He's he's had the role pretty much the whole way through. He's just sometimes he's been stuck on the bench for like ten minutes because the ball's on the other side of the ground, and he's been copping you know knocks you know early in the game, and it's affected him, or he's or he's had you know gastro or whatever he had. So look, I, I think I'm sticking with him as a premium option. Um, it is tricky though with these guys like Bont and Baz coming in because you might have to flick him, and that that's going to be you know you're going to be probably banking 10 or 20 points if you do that. So, yeah, I think it's a tough one. I'm still on, I'm still on the fence a little bit. I feel like we haven't yet seen the best of Butters still this year. There's always sort of been an illness or an injury or he gets a knock in the first minute or he's playing fully forward. I feel like we haven't really got to see the chance of him, to see, the, see him at full potential. So that's why it was nice to see this week he was pushing up the ground, he used the ball well. Um, yep. Charlie, is he, in your plan, is he in your future plans? I think so. Um I mean, if you look at the state of my forward line at the moment, I've got still got Nick Martin, Paddy McCartan, Durden, you know, Rioli. So uh, I've got a lot lot more um, issues to deal with other than him. Um, it was good to see his scoring return, though. Uh, and he's gone, you know, back-to-back tons. Um, as you said, getting more, more ball in the defensive half, which, you know, is slightly promising. Um, I did, yeah, I... I'm not convinced that his roller coaster scoring is behind him. I think he could st- still be prone to a 60 next week or, you know, even lower. Uh, very interesting, boys. The next big topic that I want to talk about is upgrades. So we've got we've talked about the downgrades already. Cleary seems like he's going to come into the team. Um, we've already discussed a little bit Bont and, and, uh, and Bailey Smith. Nico, is there anyone else this week that is sort of bottoming out amongst the primo ranks or someone that you think might get DPP status? Who are you looking at to bring into your team this week? Yeah, so to be honest, mate, I haven't really looked past trying to get either Bont or Smith in, which is going to be a bit boring because we're still talking about them. Um, I'll just try and bring up the break evens and see if I can spot any, um, you know, any gems here, um, you know, on the fly. But um, to be honest, mate, I haven't really given it any thought because these guys are just going to be absolute must-have trade-ins come, you know, round 12 when they get the DPP. And if you don't have them, 
I mean, Bont getting 130 in your in your forward line, um, Baz getting 120 in your forward line. That, yeah, I, I don't know, mate. I, I, I just think you have to do everything you can to get these guys in at the moment. Um, maybe flick to, to Charlie, and I'll, I'll see if I can have a look at something in the break well, evens. I'm going to throw a couple of low break evens at you, Charlie. Um, Brad Crouch at 45, Adam Trelaw 56, Bailey Smith 65, Jack Sinclair 67, Josh Kelly 68, Ollie Wine 73, Sam Walsh 77. Um, he's absolutely flying at the moment. Daniel Rich 92, a bit under the radar. Nico, your boy. Um, yeah. And Dustin Martin 98, another one that's probably bottoming out at the moment. Charlie, of those guys, is there anyone that sticks out to you as someone that you really need to get into your team now while their price is this low? Yeah, absolutely. I, Brad Crouch was on the radar last week um, because of Steele's injury. He, you know, he's St Kilda's main midfielder. He's going to get a heap of ball, um, and he looked great on the weekend. Daniel Rich also heavily benefiting from um, Zorko's transition back to the midfield. Mm, so indeed, a lot of that um, D fifty ball. Um, I don't mind Taranto as well. You know, he's just about bottomed out in price. Um, He's 64K down from his, his starting price. He's got a break even of 121, so could even wait another week on him. Um, there's a lot of great options floating around, and I think the one that stands out most is Bontempelli. Agreed. Bontempelli seems like a must-have. Nico, do you have any luck with those low break-evens? No, nah, I'm flicking through. You guys have pretty much touched on on most of the options there. Um, the only one I sort of just noticed that was on the bubble was um the Carlton dude. What's his name? Jesse Motlop, but um, he's on the bubble with a minus five break even, but you probably wouldn't go there as a downgrade option. He's probably going to be in and out of the team or score around those 30 and 40 uh, point marks. But I think you guys have um, have covered it pretty well. It's also very team dependent. So if, if you need a defender, obviously, you know, filter it to a defender and have a look at the break evens and, yeah, make the call. Talk to me about talk to me about Daniel Rich, Nico. As a suffering mm. owner early this year, you must be excited to see his turnaround in form. Yeah, yeah, I've got him in both um, both formats, so in draft and in classic. So um, yeah, I've been um, riding his coattails quite a bit. Uh, I'm not sure what it has been that that he's you know the reasoning why he's dropped fifty k. Um, it's not even that much really. I mean, it, he's been pretty consistent. He just hasn't really hit these scores like a 127 he had on the weekend. So um, before that, he's had, you know, scores in the 70s and 80s um, a couple of times, which have just kept that sort of price pretty um, pretty even. Um, he's on all the kickouts. Um, yeah, look, I think I think Zorko was probably the main reason um, why he's dropped a little bit in price. You mentioned him earlier, Charlie. Jordan Dawson is one that uh, had a little – he started off uh, price at 550 uh, at one point, you could have got him for as cheap as 516k. Um, I jumped on last week at 532. He's up at five. Uh, he's, sorry, he's up at 558 now. Uh, so his break even's at 92. Is he one that you need to move heaven and earth to get in? You're obviously a very happy owner over the last couple of weeks. I, I wouldn't call him a must-have, but he's certainly um, a very nice option down back. I just—it's all about what the crows do with him. So I. They've played him pretty much all over the field this year. You know, he's played fullback, he's played loose man, he's played wing. I think he's even played half forward at times. Um, in the last couple of weeks, though, he's kind of returned to that halfback role. Um, but, it's yeah, it's still hard to really get a gauge on, on what exactly he's doing in the team. But obviously his scoring's improving and, and he's looking great while doing it. So um, if you've... If you've got a trade spare and you're looking for a defender, uh, I, I reckon he'd be probably number one on the list. Nico, mm. Jordan, gun to your head, Jordan Dawson or Jack Sinclair, who do you go with? I'd probably go Jack Sinclair, just mainly maybe because of that round 13 buy issue that a lot of people are going to have. Um, and Sinclair is probably going to benefit with um, with Steele's injury um, you know, for the next sort of six weeks or so. So, yeah, I'd probably go with him. Sinclair, I just want to read off, has his lowest score for the year is an 83. He only has two scores below 100, and he's gone 138, 107 in his last two games. So even with or without Steele, uh, he appears to be a keeper. He's made a massive leap. Surprisingly, you can get him for cheaper than Jordan Dawson at the moment, even though uh, they seem like pretty similar players. Jordan Dawson's probably got the more variability to him. Uh, But yeah, Jack Sinclair, another good option there as an upgrade. Um, Boys, the last little segment I've got for the big topics is one that you... 
wanted to bring up, Charlie. Um, it's a little interesting question that is always good to have a look back on. If you could change one thing about your super coach year so far, one decision, one 50-50 call that went the wrong way, what would you change? Um, I think blindingly obvious would be to start with Sicily or even Hewitt. I think if I started with one of those two um, instead of Luke Ryan, for example, or um, I think I brought in Bowie at one point and that just did not work. So, to, you know, if I could have that one trade back, that one little hindsight move and, and bring in I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Sicily. I'm gonna I'm gonna say if I could bring in Sicily Sicily instead of Luke Ryan, my team, you know, I'd probably be like you, Eddie. I'd probably be in the top one thousand. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, <laughs> makes perfect sense. Nico, what about you? If you could change one thing from a year so far, what would it be? Oh, it's probably along the same sort of lines as Charlie. It'd be starting one of Sicily or Hewitt instead of Whitfield. Um, so I think I held on to Whitfield for a bit a bit too long. Um, and then obviously GWS went, you know, frank with um, with his injury, and which is very disappointing um, from a super coach point of view. But yeah, look, maybe the other one is, you know, I was very, I wasn't very hesitant, but just Grundy, you know, he's really ticked me off the last couple of years. I really didn't want to start him, but sort of got sucked into the, he's going to be the R1 sort of chat and, and brought him in. But if I went with someone like Wits, like you did, um, Eddie, would be absolutely flying right now. <laughs> uh, the one thing that I would change was <clears throat> my decision three weeks ago to bring in Dylan Moore. Uh, I was kind of tossing up him and Darcy Cameron. I brought Darcy Cameron in, in AFL Fantasy. Um, in that three-week stretch, Dylan Moore has averaged 66. Darcy Cameron has averaged 109. So that is looking like a pretty average call. Dylan Moore, Charlie, what's going on with Dylan Moore? Am I good to keep him in or do I need to get him out? Yeah, keep him in. You're giving him a rough time, especially after a 107 or something. So um, he's had two bad weeks. And before that, he hadn't even dropped below 90, I don't think. Or maybe he dropped mm-hmm. below 91. So, um, no, nah, keep him in. He'll, he'll bounce back. Now, boys, if you like a punt, uh, the boys at SC Playbook are sponsored by topsport.com.au, the home of the best same-game multi in the business where the odds actually add up. Uh, and we're going to be previewing their markets throughout the season. So if you use the code SC Playbook when you're linking up your account with them so they know we sent you, helps out the podcast, helps us keep this thing on the air. So um, if you are going to link up your account, use the code SC Playbook, 18 plus only, gamble responsibly. Uh, boys, every week we like to choose a market or two from the top sport markets. Um, we haven't been going fantastically so far this week, this year, but all that tells me is that the, the good times are yet to come. Um, Charlie, uh, who, have you, who have you decided to go with this week for your top sport play of the week? Well, my Hawks are on fire after uh, their win against Brisbane, and I'm locking them in one to thirty-nine in Darwin um, against who are they playing? Again? They're playing Gold Coast, so yeah, Gold Coast really aren't that good a team, and I think Hawthorne, uh, you know, a little bit better than them. I think they should get the win, especially at a neutral ground. Um, and then you can also chuck in Carlton. One to thirty nine against the Pies. Sorry, Nico. I know you're a Pies man, but I think Carlton are yeah head and shoulders above the Pies at the moment, um, and that multi is paying five dollars and fifty one cents. Very nice, Nico. How did you go last week, and where are you looking this week? I have no idea how it went last week. You had um, power. You had the power plus twenty point five. You had the dogs uh, to win. Yeah, that's right. And you had Freo to win. So unfortunately, yeah. you went down once again. Yep. Yep. I knew I would have. <laughs> that, that's fine. <laughs> Pretty happy about the, the Frio Collingwood one getting wrong, though. Um, yeah, okay. so, Yeah, we beat the second team away. Um, anyway, um, I'm actually liking the Hawks as well uh, at $2.05. I've got them in for the win, and I'm going to multi them up with Frio to to bounce back and have a little bit of a little bit of fire in the belly against the Premiers and just maybe show them that they're not completely out of the picture just yet. Uh, so the line's 27 and a half, which I think, you know, is relatively generous. Um, so that two-leg multi would be $4. Very nice, Nico. Um, I'm going to go a bit of a rogue one. I think I like the Bombers to beat the power at Adelaide Oval, paying 6 bucks. Uh, we've got a good record at Adelaide Oval. I've seen us take Port down there before. 
Um, Port are that not that good of a side and got shown up by Geelong on the weekend. Uh, I'm taking the Bombers at six bucks to beat the Hawks. Who do you support? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. It's uh, try and keep it. Out. Try and keep that stuff out of this. So, yeah. I actually don't mind it. To be honest, I was looking when I was looking at my bets. I was looking at the line. I definitely wouldn't take them out right, but the. The line is, is looking good, generous. and it's, The line is 30, so I think, yeah. they can, I think they can cover that. 35, yeah. in fact. Yeah. Dixon, Dixon back this week. Power could be, yeah, well improved, but anyway. Um, we'll see how we go. Now, boys, it's the time of the podcast we need to find out what you guys are doing this week, where you're looking for your captains and your vice captains. Uh, Nico, trades this week. Uh, you said you're up all night last night trying to figure out what you're going to do. Uh, what mm. have you landed on? I haven't landed on anything yet, so I'm probably going to have to maybe cull... Well, I'm definitely going to trade Martin. The only issue is trying to find, you know, 200k to, to get him up to a Bont or a Baz. So in order to do that, I'm probably going to have to trade Nick Dacos potentially. Um, so, yeah, my um my bench, as I've touched on, is, is very, very thin. I've got Buku, Skinner, McDonald, Rioli, Owens, Hayes, who's... <laughs> Fine, Roses and Curtis. It's really, it's really a dog's breakfast. So I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit hamstrung, and I'm a little bit worried about my future trades because, yeah, I'm gonna probably have to target really bottomed out primos instead of having the cash in on the bench to then like get the uber premiums in. So I'm, a, I'm in a spot of bother, um, potentially getting to full primo, but. Um, vice captain, I'm going to have, I think, Lockie Neal um, as vice captain. Um, don't know if the DeBoer tag is going to be a thing or not, um, but pretty happy to, to roll with him in the second game of the round um, into Clayton Oliver uh, against Frio at the G. Very nice. Uh, I'll be at the G on uh, Saturday for that Saturday Arvo for that Melbourne Frio game, so it'll be great to see Clary put on a show. Charlie, what about you? What are you thinking this week? I am... Confident I'll get in Luke Cleary. Um, I think I might trade out Hayes for him. I think Hayes has a break even of 53 off the top of my head. So, you know, he's no certainty to, to reach that. Um, Hayes and, and Sam Hayes? Sam Hayes, yeah, yeah. Sam How are you getting Hayes to Cleary? I've got Dixon. Um, nice. At, yeah, F8 or something. So I'll swing him to Ruck and then go McCartan down to the forward line, bring in Cleary. Um I'm, I really want to trade out Nick Martin, um, and if I, you know, can find a, a good prospect at who's got the round fourteen by, then maybe, um, yeah, Bont's also appealing, but um, he just doesn't suit my buy structure at the moment. Um, yeah, and then with captains, Callum Mills VC against Richmond. Richmond give up a ton of footy to midfielders, um, so he should you know rack up a lot of points. And then it's a bit of a toss-up between Clayton Oliver against Frio or Jack McRae against the Eagles. But just judging off McRae's previous form, I'm not sure if I can trust him that much. Very interesting. Um, I said to you boys earlier in the chat today, I'm going to let my trades this week be a little bit dictated by what happens on Friday night. So I've got Nick Martin um, and I'm going to bring in Cleary. So I'm going to go down Sam DeConing down to Cleary. Um, and then the next trade, whether I trade Martin to Bontempelli will depend on how uh, Morris Rioli goes on Friday night. And if he gets a score 50-plus, that means I can loop him onto the field using Elijah Hollands. Uh, that means I'll go through with the Nick Martin to Bontempelli trade. If not, if uh, Rioli stinks it up, I'm probably going to have to hang on to Martin for another week and and potentially upgrade in the back line instead. Uh, but, yeah, plenty of cash to play with. Uh, I've got 130K in the bank pre-trading. So there's a bit of cash there. Feeling pretty good about where it's headed. Uh, in terms of VC and Cs, I think I'm going to go, like with you, Charlie, I'm going to go Callum Mills VC and then pretty tempted to whack it on Jared Witts again uh, up in Darwin mm. against the Hawks. Uh, they don't have Max Lynch, who's been ruled out this week. So God knows what sort of outfit, ruck outfit the Hawks Cossie. are putting up. Yeah, big Cozzy, Jacob Cozzy uh, is going to be involved. Um, yeah, Nico, what are your thoughts on those plans? Yeah, mate, they all, they all sound really good. I think your boys are all over it. I just want to touch on Charlie's point about trading Sam Hayes. I think if he can do it, I think that's a really good option because he's got the round 12 by and then I think it's either round 13 or 14 where both Gordon and Proust are playing. So you're not going to get his score either. So he's not going to play for, you know, two out of the next four rounds. So at a break even of 55 or, or thereabouts, um, 52. Yeah, that's a, that's a good play. 
Yeah, I'm kind of leaning on Stranatica to come. Stranatica cementing a spot in the Eagles side would be very handy. He's played two games. Uh, he's got a very, very low break even. If at some point he comes back in, uh, the Hayes-Stranatica trade uh, looks pretty enticing to me. Um, just like you say, Nico, he's not going to be playing in, in round 13 when you need, when you need him the most. Uh, he's not going to be able to get on the field. Uh, now, for all the listeners out there, if you're after premium content, uh, sign up to SC Playbook, the website, for $30. You get our entire content library for the 2022 AFL season. Or if you want to get the full sport package, that's $40, and it covers AFL, NRL, and BBL. Gives you access to a stack of extra articles every week of the preseason. And during the season, entry into our exclusive WhatsApp group where you can chat with us about your team, access to our unlimited group major prize, and plenty more. Um, the WhatsApp group is just fantastic. I love it. Um, there's some good banter in there across the weekend. Everyone sharing ideas. Nico, you're, you're absolutely great in there. Um, if anyone has signed up to the premium subscription and isn't included in the WhatsApp chat currently, please email supercoachplaybook at gmail.com and we'll add you in. Also, if you've already emailed and got added to the NRL one instead, uh, <laughs> let us know about that too and we can add you across the AFL one. Uh, every week, boys, we put up a bit of a listener Q&A up on the, our socials. Um, we want everyone to come in and give us their thoughts and give us their questions. We've got a couple of really good questions this week. The first one is from Corey Blackledge. He wants to know, what do I do with Nick Martin? And also, what do I do to get more points on field as I have two rookie mids on field and don't have Oliver, Brody, and Stewart? It's killing me. Nico, I'm going to throw that to you. What do you, advice do you have for Mr. Blackledge? Yeah. Hey, Corey. Um, I'd really love to see a team just to be able to, to give you some really good advice. So maybe um, flick it through to me at um, my Twitter handle, at LovskyFC, um, just so we can have a look. Um, but just going off um, what you've written, I think it's um, I think Nick Martin's a trade. Um, so hopefully you've got someone in your defensive line who you can you know make a, a hundred or two hundred k with, and then you can upgrade Martin. I think that's that's a good move. Uh, and with regards to your rookie mids, I think if you can loop them, I don't think it's too bad. Um, so yeah, if you've got a loop. Um, Continue to do that and, and just take 60 points um, as a rookie player who's at M7 and M8, um, and you're going to be doing all right. Not having Oliver is, I think you need to try and have a plan for that. Um, Brody, he's, mate, that that has gone. That ship has sailed many, many moons ago. Um, so don't worry about that one. Um, and Stuart, I don't know with Stuart. Like, I mean, if you take out his 180 game, yeah, he scored 120 on the weekend, but he's probably not He's not doing any better than anyone like Dawson or, or something like that. So I think it's just that one outlier game. Um, so I think you can I think you can just ignore that um, as, as killing you as well. Um, I think he's pretty lowly owned. So, yeah, just, just have a plan for Oliver, mate, and um, try and loop your rookies. Very good, Nico. Love the advice. Um, Charlie, I've got one for you from Tony Gamma. Can it be a realistic possibility to have four-plus doggies in our forward line after their buy for the run home? Now, we've spoken quite a lot today about uh, all the dogs' forward line options, but we're talking We're here. having six, aren't we? Yeah, well, you said before, Nico, <laughs> you can get six in there. Bontempelli, Bailey Smith, Tim English, Josh Dunkley, Adam Trelaw, Tom Liberatore. There's six right off the bat. Um, so, Charlie, what do you think about uh, Nick's question there? Sorry, Tony's question there. I, I love it. It's tempting. It's uh, it's unbelievably tempting. They're going to score incredibly well for the rest of the year, and um, it it looks good. But just imagine if COVID goes through the club, <laughs> true, and that's that's season ending, and it, it's not worth the risk bringing them in because you know they might not even average more than any other forward player. Um, you know, Brody's could still average more than, than Libba for the rest of the year. Um, yeah, it's just just not worth that COVID risk, especially um, in the current state that, that we're in. It's a very interesting call and one that I hadn't really considered, Charlie, is the COVID situation. You're so right. Like, you, you don't want to have too many eggs in that COVID, but we've seen it with the with a few of the teams anyway. It could just be the flu. Yeah, like, it could just be the flu. Like, you saw what happened with Tim English. He missed, like, you know, two or three games or something with that. Yeah, and the you've seen it with the Bombers boys, like, that – the mystery illness that ran through the Bombers camp three weeks ago and you lose Ridley, Redman, and God knows who else. Uh, Nico, uh, who do you rate out of those, out of interest, out of those mm. dogs forward line? Who, who's your one to six from the names I just listed before? Oh, you might have to help me out with remembering all the names. So I think Bont would be number one, Tim English number two, uh, Josh Dunkley number three. That can be, to be honest, mate, they're the top three. That can be yep. any order. Yeah. Um, Bailey Smith, 
Libba, and then um, what's his name? Trelaw. Trelaw. Yeah. 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 So you got Trelaw Trelaw at the bottom of the pile. Yeah. Yeah. Just I don't know. Like he he scores well when he um when he kicks goals, but there's times where his disposal efficiency is really poor, and he's got a good dream team score, but it doesn't relate to his super coach score. So that's that's just my point of view. I've been pretty scared off, to be honest, by the last few weeks of Tim English and whatever is going on with him. Whatever's happening, it doesn't sound great. Um, you've seen it a bit in the states with players trying to come back from illness and COVID, and they're not the same. They're not the same player in the in, when they come back and play NBA or whatever sport it is. So I'm a little bit worried about his recovery. It doesn't sound like it's going particularly well. I, I, it's kind of concerning that a, a player in the peak can be cut down like that by an, il- an illness. So I think- yeah, that's one to keep an eye on. Yeah, I think there was news out today that he he trained really strongly, um, and you know he's going to be going to be back in. Um, so yeah, obviously wait and see with the team sheet, and um, he's probably just a wait and see anyway for for a week or two just to see how he's moving around and if he's still you know going to be pumping out the one thirties and one forties that he was before he got um, his hammy. And just before we go, boys, I've got a bit of a VFL stats update coming to you live from Klopp Supercoach on Twitter. He does God's work, Klopp. Um, there's a few really interesting super, uh, VFL numbers floating around. Charlie Constable, 35 touches. Elijah Hollands, my boy, I've been holding him all year. 27 touches, eight tackles, two goals. James Sitas, 27 touches. Charlie Parker, 21 and a goal. Dylan Stevens, 30 and a goal. Uh, Machido, uh, your boy, Nico, 24 and two goals. Keeps getting it uh, done in the, in the Magoos. He, absolutely. He's a Magoos superstar. Um, are any of those guys that we should that should be on our radar going forward that you, you might be a little bit excited about? Oh, look, maybe Hollands, um, you know, as a rookie forward option. But, yeah, I don't know. For me, I'd, just, I'd love Owens to come back in so I get a little bit of a boost in my, uh, in my buy structures. But... Um, a little bit wishful. Just on other news, I'll just flick them through Twitter as well. JPK is out for eight to ten weeks, so that might open the door for Dylan Stevens holders potentially. Um, obviously, Robottom is going to come back in, but yeah, maybe he's he's done well in the VFL as well. Ironically, I'm now rooting for Elijah Hollands not to make it in the AFL team. His uh, his status as a loop in my team is uh, way too valuable at the moment. So uh, I spent the I spent the first eight weeks of the season hoping he'd come back in, and then the next three weeks hoping that he stays out. Uh, Charlie, any of those boys on your radar? James Sitas is one that uh, has been sitting there for quite a while. He might be a chance to play. Is he is he a lock when he comes in? Oh, absolutely not right away. Obviously, but when he's on the bubble, yeah, hundred um, percent as a as a basement price rookie. Um, I actually I did not realize that Charlie Parker played that well and completely. You know, uni bias aside, obviously we played footy with him for a fair bit, but um, we like we've seen players get in AFL sides playing far worse than that um 21 touches in a goal that's that's pretty elite stuff and um he's a very specific build um he's a tall wingman he can you know run a marathon he can run a sub six minute 2k at what is he 198 centimeters maybe a bit smaller than that but um yeah especially with Lockie Hunter out for the foreseeable future um that could potentially pave the way for Parker to come in um yeah, there's a couple of options floating around in the, in the coming weeks. Yeah, I think it's a good sign that we're going to have a decent bit of cash gen in the back half of the season, hopefully with some of those big names still in the Magoos. That's about all we've got time for today, boys. Thanks, as always, for your time chatting all things Supercoach. Uh, Charlie, appreciate it. Go rest up, get those sniffles sorted. Yeah, will do. You too. <laughs> Nico, send us some photos of the cot building when it's all done. Yep, no worries. It looks good. <laughs> Thanks for your time, boys. Appreciate it. See ya. See ya.